give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Welcome to the Tuesday Night Hangout. Beautiful. I love uh, that intro. Thanks. Um, Will, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing real good, especially after that intro. Good deal. Wow, good deal. Right on. I'm wide awake, ready to go. All right. And Jade, how are you doing? I'm good. All right. And Mark, how's your week going? Everything is going good here. Glad to be here. All right. Well, I tell you what, I'm super excited about this show, and I know Jade is also, because uh, we want to welcome Paul Cooley, which happens to be uh, Jade and my instructor that uh, we learned from uh, the paramotoring uh, down in Madison, Wisconsin, and his company is Mad City Paragliding. Uh, so I want to welcome Paul. Hello, and thanks for the invite. You betcha. So, Paul... On your credentials that we had there, you have quite a bit of background in kind of everything. Yeah, I love to play outside and just do all kinds of adventure sports. I'm not a big team player. I don't get along or don't play well with others, but I love playing <laughs> outside and just having a lot of fun. Okay, so tell us about Paul. Who is Paul? Who is Paul's family and how uh, you got to this point? Okay. Um, yeah, just a passionate adventurer who got lucky and found a woman that who can deal with me and had a couple, a couple of nice kids that are fun to play with, too. Um, right. Yeah, we've been together 30-some years now, met in college, and yeah, the good thing, but she knew what she was signing up for when she signed that marriage contract. That we had been rock climbing and ice climbing and whitewater canoeing and everything before we got married. God, yes, it was 12 years of engagement before got actually married and then kids and lots and lots of adventures during after all kinds of stuff oh that's that's pretty cool that's a that's pretty cool so questions for you um when was the first time you took a paramotor flight paramotor oh god um i actually learned from um 
Tattoo Mike down in Northern Illinois. Um, and at the time when he was teaching, it was just Sunday afternoons. It was the only time that he would teach. So it took me an entire summer of Sunday afternoons of, to learn how to fly this thing. And my first flight, he sent me up in uh, pretty crazy thermic air, which I was didn't think anything of because I didn't know any better and just thought that, okay, this is paramotoring where you get tossed around all day long. And like, well, this is kind of scary. I don't know if I made a good investment, but um, after landing, it was much more confidence building, I guess. So my first flight was years and years ago from an instructor down in Illinois. And then just progress after that, my first paragliding flight was uh, much earlier than that. Back in 2001, I was out at Salt Lake for a, a job interview for the, the Olympics. Um, having worked in the ski racing industry for years, um, I was out there for an interview for that. While I was out there hanging with a, an old roommate from Colorado, he talked me into taking a tandem flight with his instructor, his paragliding instructor. and. I'm, the second I left the ground, I was instantly hooked and there was there was no going back. I had to find a way to paraglide. And being from Wisconsin, it's paramotoring. There's no paragliding here in Wisconsin. So not until I purchased a winch years ago and started getting paragliding on the map for Wisconsin, too. Oh, that's kind of cool. All right. See, those are things that I didn't even know. Oh, so, OK. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So go I, ahead. Do, I, I go ahead. So you I go. do have a question. Um, so out of all your students that you have had, who is your favorite in Tomahawk, yes. Wisconsin? <laughs> well, she is uh, on camera right now. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, so who is your second favorite in Tomahawk, Wisconsin? We'll just go down the road here. Oh, boy. I would say coming in last place would probably be Eric. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, anyways. Okay. Next subject. Um, so <laughs> we didn't like that long, answer. All right. No, that was a good answer. Okay. Um, what, how long have you had Mad City paragliding and what made you decide to open up a school? Yeah. So I was paragliding for years at the time when I started, there was just three of us in Wisconsin that were paramotoring and we never met each other. Um, just flew on our own, which was fun. But as you guys know, it's a lot more fun to fly with people and share the experience. Um, and there was just no instructors in Wisconsin other than one guy really far away. And so I decided that if I want the sport to grow at all, I'm going to start making my own guys. And plus, I've always loved teaching people how to do things. When I buy gear for sports, I buy gear for everybody and just have a whole pile of gear so I can always take people with me. So whether it's you know ice climbing or rock climbing or whatever, I've got gear for not just me, but a whole slew of people. So I can always go out and, and it's, it's always been more fun to share all these adventure sports because not too many people are into it at the teaching level. But if you're a good rock climber and you can bring some buddies with you and have them flounder, it's fun to watch them flounder and then just show them the, literally the ropes, if you will. Um, it's just right. always something I've always done was you know, teach guys how to do some adventure sports. It's just really a fun passion because nobody does it. And if I'm going to do it with somebody, I'm going to have to teach them how to do it along the way. So it's just been something I've been doing forever. Good deal. Uh, Jade, go ahead and ask that question. Um, okay. First question of the night. Uh, Clark's video, he's another gentleman from Wisconsin, um, Manaqua area. He's asking, how many schools are in Wisconsin now and USPPA? Yep. So there's, uh, you've got 
uh, build up in the, the green, was it green leaf or the part of uh, Lake Winnebago? He's right there, Green Bay area. And then Sam uh, Thayer's down at Wisconsin Flight Sports. He's East Troy or so, about an hour away from here. Um, that's it for USPPA instructors. There's also a, a self-proclaimed instructor, although I don't know if he's teaching anymore, uh, a Blackhawk guy somewhere, Mark on the, right on the Lake Michigan shore somewhere. Mark, Mark Amerson. Yes. Yep. Yep. But I don't, he's, I don't believe he's USPPA certified. I, think I just, don't think so. Yeah, I think it's just self-certified. Yep. So I've got one more question then. Um, what can you tell us about USPPA with um, what you have learned recently and all the new changes and is there benefits to it? Yeah, so I'm I'm super excited the way that the new president is 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 taking this thing. Um, I don't want to say it's stagnated, but with, with Jeff at the helm, it, it grew this sport from nothing into what it is now. But with some um, re-energized with a new president, I'm really excited to to see which way this thing goes. Um, it's already showing some significant improvements, and I anticipate a lot more. It's more modernizing the the organization. So it's, it's, it's exciting to see what Noah's going to do with this. And I'm on board for everything that he's doing. Okay. Yeah. So good, good guys. I haven't met him yet, but I'm super excited to meet him sometime. Will, do you want to read that question? Uh, yeah. Nick's got a question. He says, uh, what wings do you train with and what is the current go-to wing? Yeah. Okay. Good question. So um, in the past, I was using the Mac Para Charger, which is a, a nice reflex wing that can be beginner school level all the way up to a nice intermediate or advanced almost. Um, but then they had some COVID issues when I went to replace my wings. I replace my wings every year, um, but they were hit hard by COVID when I wanted to. And the BGD guys had stuff in stock in the US. So I, I've switched to the BGD Magic now. So it's a full on beginner wing. Um, for instruction purposes. And what's the go-to wing? Um, why, that's, there's so much good stuff out there right now. I hate to say any one of them is better than all the others. They're all just really good stuff out there. And as long as you get something that's current, you, you should be happy. Get something that's in your ability range, it should be good. It does kind of seem like, you know, as far as wings go, there's always that next better wing, you know, it's like the, the, the favorite wing that someone owns is like the one they currently have, you know, it's one they're most excited about. Yeah. The, the saying is, is, well, what's the best wing made out there? And it's, it's just, it's whatever your instructor sells. That's the best, the, the best, whoever you talk to, whatever your instructor represents, that's the best wing that's out there. So, and, but me, I'm not loyal to any brand. I sell everything. So some schools are one specific motor, one specific wing. I sell everything. I've never been, I don't want to, narrow myself down to just or limit myself to just one option because there's a lot of really good stuff out there and if you tie yourself to just one thing you don't open yourself up to all these other possible options out there good deal gotcha. mark you want to ask that one where do i pg mostly um that's a good question so um i've got a winch my partner has a winch and we can use that we fly up there at sock city um, which is right next to the Wisconsin River. Um, we've got a road that's a mile and a half long, um, with no mailboxes, no trees, nothing like that. So we can get guys to about 
um, somewhere between you know 2,300 2,800 feet above the ground, um, and then they'll release and chase thermals from there. Um, although it's not where I usually fly because I'm usually stuck operating the winch, but that's where most of my my buddies and students fly is from the Sauk City area. But when I've got free time and the winds are correct, we'll go to uh, Bender Park in South Milwaukee and fly from there. There's a nice little cliff at a state park, um, state park, county park, county park. That's uh, got some wind. When the wind blows the right direction, which is off the lake, which is once or twice a month, maybe we'll go down and spend hours there while the conditions present themselves. It's usually only when a storm is coming in. So it's just for a few hours, once a month, but that's it for PG in Wisconsin, which is why I took a paramotoring because you don't have to wait for the wind to blow the right way. Okay. Um, how hard is it to transfer from PPG to PG? Yeah. So PPG is a, is a fantastic base for paragliding. Um, what we add in is um, towing training and getting some free flight stuff. Um, and it's mainly working on your accuracy of your landing because every single motor or sorry, every single landing is as though it were a motor out. You don't get the chance to go around. You, you, you get one shot and you've got to nail it every time. So um, it's uh, we concentrate quite a bit on making sure that you're back over your landing zone. Um, and there's also quite a bit about weather in there. Um, for us paramotor guys, we simply go in the morning or the evening when it's calm. Paraglider pilots, it's a lot more involved in what the weather does. So, but the conversion is pretty easy. Um, it's a, yeah, it's it's pretty easy. It, it, but having the basic skills with the wing is where most of it is. Then we just throw a whole bunch of weather stuff and more flying without a motor on top of it. And I'm kind of babbling, but that's the, that's the, the gist of it. Okay. And then um, now you do paragliding, not just in Wisconsin, you actually go overseas and do a lot of fun trips. Can you tell us about those? Yeah. So we'll um, every year we try to take a, a big uh, trip overseas somewhere. Uh, Marion usually picks us a place. Marion is my business partner who does the, the free flying half of the Mad City Paragliding Group. Um, and he'll pick someplace and we'll just go and take a bunch of graduates with us. Um, there's no fee for it. It's just it's we're treating you as buddies and you just come along we share the costs i pay in just as much as all my students do um we'll go we've been to to turkey um to greece to ecuador colombia um all over the place plus we do uh, several um, trips here in the u.s as well we'll go out to utah or uh, idaho or colorado and fly from the mountainous areas out there but again we'll just grab some students and head on out and it's, it's just i got into this word for the passion of it it's for fun i don't make money off these trips it's just uh i share the expense so i'm i got just as much money in these things as you guys do so it, but it's a, it's a ton of fun to get out and use these skills that we've worked on here in wisconsin and take them internationally and play with the big dogs if you will you know so it's it's a ton of fun and just being part of the group that goes international is these things travel so much better than paramotors you don't have to worry about all the stuff that goes along with paramotoring it's much smaller and uh, compact and travels. Nobody at the the border is hassling you about gas and that kind of stuff when you throw it on your airplane. So yeah, we do paragliding all over the place and continue to do so and no additional fees. It's not a, we're not making money off these trips. It's just for fun. 
Nice. Yeah. Angela has a question, and Angela lives in Las Vegas. How does he teach his students to learn weather? Sure. So we talk about where you can gather weather information, um, like all the different apps um, that are available, in, as well as websites, um, we, and tell you how to take that information and, and consolidate it into something that means something for you as a pilot. Um, Plus, we talk about what the weather means to you as a pilot. A, a paramotor pilot is looking at something very different than what a paraglider pilot is. Paramotor pilots just want smooth air, it's predictable, and it's very laminar, so it's the wind is the same speed all the way up as far as you're going to go. Paraglider pilots look for something that's very different. They want to look for um, big temperature changes between the surface level and upper atmosphere so you can get a big uh, gradient in there so you can a lot better lift. So uh, yes, we do lots of stuff with, with uh, weather knowledge as far as clouds um, and temperature lapses and things like that. Okay, good deal, good deal. Mark, you got any questions? Uh, I've, I'm just hanging out here in the chat. <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. Will, do you have any questions? Uh, just to, I guess, yeah, Nick wanted to know, I mean, when you do fly personally, what wing are you currently flying? I grab whatever's available. So right now I've got a whole trailer full of school wings and I'll grab a, a smaller version of whichever one is there. So the one that I'm heavy weight on it. So it'll be a little bit more dicey, but it's still just a beginner wing because I've got that laying around. And I'll throw on, if I'm going to play, I'm going to put a 185 on me. I'm only 160 pounds, so that's super overpowered but it makes it a lot of fun. So, but all I really need is an 80 CC, but the 185 is a, is a blast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Jade, what do you got? Um, got nothing at the moment. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Nothing. <laughs> well, this, I got is a a, this is a good question from Bill H. Okay. And this one I'm proud of because just because how okay. many students per year. And the reason I say this is because Paul, you are not an instructor that gets them in, teaches them, puts them on four flights, gets them out, gets a new group in just to make money. Yeah. So, no, I, I was never in this just for the money. It was just a, a, a passion. I started it as a, uh, a passion as a side hustle um, that accidentally grew into a full-time business. So um yeah, how many students do I do a year? In the beginning, my first year, I think it was two students. Following year, I think it was eight. Um, and like 20 something. And now I think I've got an active roster of like 35 students right now at the moment. So, and my classes are a bit different than most other schools. I don't just have you here for nine days um, and hope for good weather. And if you get three flights in, great. See ya. No, we're here until you get all minimum required 25 flights under your belt and if that takes us you know two months or a year that's the way it is i don't sometimes i lose money yeah i'm making like two dollars an hour but i don't care it's 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 not work it's all just for fun so i considered myself retired like four years ago when i switched to doing this full-time so yeah, i don't work anymore i work way more hours than i have at any other job but every single day is just play it's not it's not a job so it's just, I'm just, I'm stuck on the fact that somebody got four flights. 
<laughs> yeah, all, all my guys are going to have at least 25 flights under my belt. And I yeah. say minimum because that's what the USPPA asks for PPG2 is a minimum of 25 flights. Sometimes I'll keep the guys longer. Like if they're struggling with launch, like they pulled off one out of every other third time they get a successful launch, I'm going to keep them around until they get much more successful at that. Same thing with the landing. Yeah. If they're landing on their butt half the time, that doesn't count. You're sticking around until we get you on your butt. I mean, on your feet. <laughs> Yeah. All the time, not just once in a while. And some of us just keep coming back. Yeah, so he's in the negative of making money with us. <laughs> yeah, he pretty much lost, lost money with us. Hey, it doesn't matter. It's all for fun. That's just the the, the, only, the fact that I get money off of it means that my wife doesn't hassle me about ha not having a job. That's it. So. <laughs> and that that yeah. sounds awesome. Yeah. No, I've been super fortunate and to get to love what I do. And yeah, it's, 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 I love waking up every day. My wife was probably getting sick of me, but every time I come home from work, I said, I freaking love my job. I freaking love what I do for a living. This is amazing. I can't believe I get paid to do this. It's so much fun. And I would do this for free, but the fact that I make money means that I don't have to do anything else. Right. The, um, and I will say that the students that you have, the ones that Jade and I have met, you know, when we come down, because we can't come down every weekend. So we try to come down in the summertime like every other or every third weekend. And yeah. you have students there. And every time there's a student there, they they are, everyone that we've met seem to be super nice people. Yeah. Uh, so I can see where you absolutely, you know, love your job. Yeah. Why would you not want to spend time with these folks? There's, there's, there's something to learn from everybody that's been there. I mean, we might not have the exact personality at first, but I'll figure out who they are. Everybody's got a story to tell them. It's always super interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah especially if you bring brought into this sport, you're, you're not a normal dude. And so I'm going to love whatever your, your back life story is. It's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> you're not well, a normal well, dude. The question. <laughs> I just think that's funny, man. If you if you get into this sport, you are not a normal dude, right? I, you, I mean, this is not for everybody. I this is not for this is not for it. most people. You are so well, right. I completely get it. Yeah. So, Will and Mark, you've met Eric. A lot of you guys have met Eric. So now, can you imagine Eric's mouth meeting Paul the first time and how Paul <laughs> felt? <laughs> No, it's it like I met my brother, man. We got this the same personality. Yeah. I was also, thinking he might might want to go back to his original career. <laughs> I tried oh, to turn him back, but it didn't work. Yeah. Uh, so uh Deweese says, What kind of weather apps do you teach us on? Yeah, so um you need wind-specific apps. I always use at least three apps for checking the wind. Um, I use first. I'll check two apps, and if those two agree, um, then I'm done. But if they're disagreeing at all, I'm going to pull up that third one as a tiebreaker. But you want wind-specific apps, where that whole purpose of that site is to track the wind. Um, that's the most important thing to us. Uh, we don't really care what temperature it is or what color the sky is. We just want to make sure that the wind is looking good. Um, and then we'll check to make sure it's not raining. That's that's all I really care about. So what I use, I use WindFinder, WindAlert, and Windy for my wind apps. Um, and then for weather apps, I'll use uh, Weather Underground. Um, and what's my other one? Let me pull it up. Uh, WeatherBug. So both of those. So again, same sort of theory. Don't trust any one source, but look at an, uh, multiple ones and get the aggregate and find out what's most likely going to happen. 
Okay, Jade, I would like you to ask this next question. Oh no, I see it. Do I do acro? Um, yeah, I do dumb stuff all the time. Especially you know. when I have my camera out. <laughs> yeah, you get what's called Kodak courage, where you start doing dumb stuff for the camera. So, which is why I actually uh, initiated a no GoPro policy on your first flight. I don't want you thinking about showing off for, you know, TikTok or Facebook or whatever. But I want you concentrating on flying. Second flight, sure, go ahead and put your GoPro on. But that first one, I want as minimal distractions as possible. And all because of just like you said, people will dumb do dumb things when the camera is pointed at them. And I'm a perfect example. I'll I do dumb stuff all the time. I do stuff that's dumb, not even when the camera's on. So this is the guy who was supposed to be marking me off on big ears, my big day. And he's out doing donuts on his trike and hanging upside down. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, I do dumb stuff. So do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, don't exactly. don't copy me. I've heard, I've heard that saying too many times. <laughs> and for me, it really applies. Don't do what I do. So not only have I got a ton of experience, but I do dumb stuff all the time. And yeah, I'll admit listen it. Listen to him. Yeah. Right. Uh, Clark, hey, Steve <laughs> Clark up in uh, Monaco says, uh, Paul, I'm assuming Eric was a very slow learner. <laughs> you betcha I was. He did fine at the, the physical stuff, but yeah, he's kind of slow at the book stuff. Yeah, right. But so this um, is no surprise to your audience, I'm sure. No, not at all. They totally get it. Um, so when when these students come to you and they're like, hey, I want to do this, do you have to read these students? And do you also decide, hey, maybe I don't want that student because he he doesn't grasp things or you know how do you do that yeah it's 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 challenging so um i offer a free introductory class um which is where i'm kind of interviewing them um at the same time they're kind of getting a feel for my training style um i'm surprised he let us back <laughs> i've got a, a pretty low threshold so that's, that's why you guys did. no <laughs> so yeah so i'm interviewing the guys with so we spend an hour and a half together talking about wings and stuff and i'm kind of paying attention to you know is this guy just going to be a hot dog and get himself hurt or is, is he going to be responsible pay attention um and listen to what i'm saying and, and follow uh, my direction as we go along and i've had a few guys i just need to you know take them aside and say hey you know this is a really dangerous sport. Maybe this this really isn't for you. Um, but by and large, the guys that are coming to this sport, they're well aware of what's going to go on. And so if they've, they're seeking out an instructor for a reason, the same reason I did when I was a beginning, uh, beginning flying. I'm very much of a, a do-it-yourself guy, but teaching myself to fly, hell no, there's no way. It's, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to teach myself how to scuba dive. I'm not going to teach myself anything that's life-threatening. I'm going to have somebody who knows what they're doing show me how to do this. Um, hey, Paul, can can we stop right there? My parents are watching, and I told them this is an extremely safe sport. Oh, yes. And your wife, <laughs> who was <laughs> only along for the car ride down there that day. Yeah, sucker, I got you hoiked into this. <laughs> um, so, okay. Oh, hello, Josh. Yeah, I see uh, you have a couple of students in here watching, which is super cool. Yeah. Um, so... A lot of people go to fly-ins, and um, what fly-ins are you going to be able to go to this year? Yeah, so like I was saying earlier, I'm probably going to go to Bad Apples um, if I can get the time off. I'm definitely going to Endless Foot Drag and, of course, the one up in Tomahawk that you guys have. Oh, what did you hear about the Tomahawk fly-in? I heard it's supposed to be super awesome. 
And you expect everybody from Madison and your flight club to come up to Tomahawk? Yeah, it will be mandatory. If you ever want to fly at Mad City Paragliding ever again, you have to go to Tomahawk for the for the fly-in. Yeah. Yes, definitely want all the Mad City guys there. Yeah, you better so, have a lot of beer, though. Exactly. We will have that. Uh, go Good. ahead, Will or Mark. ITV Baja Beginner. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, Clark's video. Have you ever heard of a ITV Baja Beginner wing, and would you recommend it? Um, I've not flown the Baja. I used to uh, fly. My first wing was actually an ITV Boxer, uh, which I loved. The thing was fantastic. Very user friendly. Um, semi reflex, so you could throw the, the trimmers all the way out, and it's and no tip steers were needed. So it was it was a ton of fun. I really enjoyed the ITV. Um, I'm not familiar with the Baja though, so I haven't had a chance to fly it. Oh, there, there's a question again. They want to hear it again. <laughs> what, who, who do I like better, Jade or Eric? So uh, I know where this is going. Okay, who do you like second best? Let's ask that. Is this just beat up on Eric Day? I guess. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, yeah. I, I wish I wish I remembered what video that was. My. Uh, Paralife PPG video from Moonshiners. You could go back and watch that video and see which of the two of them apparently understood their training. Oh, boy. Just saying. Okay. Jade was the only <laughs> one that took off without a failed launch. Good for her. I mean, like a boss. Good girl. <laughs> she did a good job. I had yeah. a good trainer. That's right. She always did great, though. Oh, that's no, awesome. I didn't. <laughs> Well, once we got you into the trike, you did great. It was yeah, the, yeah. the foot lunch thing where you're just struggling with your bad knee or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I'm getting a new knee next month or in a month and a half. Oh, really? Yep. So we can put her on foot launch. Okay. That's up to her, though, of course. I was thinking, though, what if I did another uh, exploring flight with Marion mm -hmm. and um did paragliding because then i wouldn't have the weight on my back with the engine because eric even heard the the surgeon say that's too much for a new knee even so yeah you might really enjoy paragliding but we don't like you said don't have a whole lot of paragliding in wisconsin uh no we don't have a lot of mountains although nobody's really explored the area that you guys are up in so i don't there's a lot of trees up there though yeah, so, but I would assume there's got to be stuff on the lakeshore up there on Superior. Oh, oh yeah. you want me to just blow away to Canada and? No, no, no. <laughs> when it's coming off the lake, not going out to sea. Eric will do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> well, he will, yeah. But I'm expecting you to exercise more caution. <laughs> All right, another uh, question. Carry on. Uh, DP was asking, oh. where is your favorite place to uh, ice climb? Ice climb. Um, so, yeah, I started ice climbing here in the, the Midwest. We did a lot of stuff in Minnesota up on the, the Mississippi River Valley. Um, then I moved out west and did a ton of ice climbing out there. Probably my favorite place is out in Vail. Um, there's some fantastic uh, climbs up in the chutes up there. Um, there's one particular one that's called the Fang. Um, big, huge column of ice that's i think like 130 feet straight up just free free hanging ice column which is really cool 
Um, otherwise, the Colorado in the, the Ure area has got a, a really cool uh, ice park there. But Minnesota now has one up in Winona that has a great ice park there. The, the guys have really started farming that well. Um, so like most other Wisconsin places, these aren't naturally occurring, uh, but they're, they're farmed. So they'll have a water drooling down the, the, the rock face there at an old quarry. Um, and Winona's got some fantastic ice climbing for the Midwest here. So that's the best place probably in the Midwest right now. Um, otherwise, I'll go Governor Dodge or on the Wisconsin River. There's a couple um, free falling or free flowing creeks there that freeze up. Or or while loosing right on the Wisconsin right on the Mississippi. Sorry, uh, it was really cool because you're only just a few uh, hundred feet uh, away from the Mississippi while you're climbing, which is really neat. So yeah, I ice climb as well and do that all over too. Good deal. Go ahead, Will. Um, one one thing I, I can't remember, forgive me, but did we address Deweese's question about SIV? No. Do you recommend SIV? Uh, to your students? Um, it's, it's kind of a loaded question. So typically paramotor pilots won't gain a lot of knowledge that will be useful to them in an SIV clinic. Um, typically we fly when it's very calm um, and we avoid when it's really bumpy. So the odds of you needing to know how to deal with all these collapses and throw your reserve and all this stuff is very unlikely. And the reason I would uh, shoo away from it is that that these classes have risk. There's many people who have passed away during these SIV clinics. And is it worth that additional risk to, to learn something you'll probably never, ever need? Uh, it, that's it's it, that's where the, the, the debate is. It, so I don't recommend to my students that they go to an SIV clinic until they start doing paragliding. And paragliding, yes, it's very beneficial because um, we're chasing rowdy air at that point, and we are experiencing collapses routinely. You'll be three or four collapses during during a single flight. It's just part of what happens for paragliding. But paramotoring, we shouldn't be flying in weather that's going to have you need those skills. And to take the additional risk doesn't seem like the best idea in the world. Right on. So, Jade, are you still willing to learn paragliding now? I don't know. That just kind of left my idea. <laughs> 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 so it's it's true the paramotor paramotor pilot's probably never going to see the reserve a paraglider pilot it's way more likely to, to air out the laundry than anybody else so it's just that's the nature of the beast if we want to go up we've got a tank full of gasoline we squeeze that throttle and we go up as high as we want to paragliding pilots in order for them to go up they got to jump into something that's that's going up and it can be crazy getting in and out of that thing good deal will you want to ask that uh, yeah, Travis Deponska says, what's your reaction when new students show up with used gear, not the right, that something that's not right for them, wrong size wing, junk motor, et cetera. It seems like every instructor has a story. Yeah, so there's a couple of machines in my hangar that I took in as trade-ins um, that somebody shows up, I got this screaming deal on this antique that's totally out of date. And yeah, so I've got a couple of old antiques that I took in and trade, you know, pennies on the dollar, but I turned them into, you know, I use one as an example of what not to get. So here's an old fresh breeze, a big old frame. And here, look at this. This is how things used to be back in the day when I started. Now check out these all modern things that are available now, much, much safer. But um, yeah, so I've taken a couple in on trade. Um, otherwise I'd make the guys turn around and sell it on their own on either Facebook or whatever. 
but I've got gear that's, you know, it's all modern stuff that they can learn on. And once they fly on modern stuff, they have no desire to go back to the thing that they picked up that was a screaming deal. What do you think is in the um, future for paramotoring as far as motors, as far as electric paramotors? You know, where, where do you see this going? Yeah, I would love to see everything switch to electric. Um, the, the maintenance on these things is super minimal compared to the two strokes. I mean, two strokes, we're doing constant maintenance on these things, you know, rebuilding the carburetors every year and tuning the, the, the jets every season that it changes, every temperature change, every altitude change, you're adjusting these things. Electric is going to be awesome. When we get another jump in battery technology, I think we'll all switch to electric. But until then, it, yeah, we're all probably still stuck with the, the two strokes for a while. But okay. yeah, the future is going to be electric. Okay. Uh, what social media do you have? Um, yeah, so I'm just Facebook is the only thing that I really do. I'm not a big self promoter. I've got more business than I need. So to go out actively seeking other stuff by YouTubing or whatnot, it's just, it's a lot of effort and I've already got enough business. So uh, Facebook is the only place you're going to find anything about Mad City Paragliding there. There you go. Look oh, at that website. Look at that website. Oh, and I haven't put you on there yet. Um, oh, there's also be another instructor listed on the instructor page. Uh, the about and who, and who is that going to be? Uh, that's going to oh, be this guy yeah. named Eric. Yes. <laughs> who is now working on his tandem rating, who has officially earned his instructor rating. So we'll, we'll add you to the roster. And believe it or not, I've got a couple guys up in your area that I may hand over to you. I'll talk about that. All when right. I, when right. I see you next. Yes. Okay. Mad Sloper, which is Mike. He's also in Las Vegas and he has an electric paramotor that I actually got to put on my back and feel the thrust. And I was very impressed. Okay. Um, he which one was it? Know, it was the SP 140. Okay. And he wants to know what's the tallest mountain or hill in Wisconsin. Yeah, that's kind of up by you guys. It's not super high. It's Jim, what is I believe it's Tim's Hill is bigger than yeah. actually Rib Mountain, where I'm from. And I'm looking up Tim's Hill. Yeah, and it's just a knoll in the middle of the woods. So you, yeah. there's, there's nothing to launch off of. It's just a, a rounded hill with trees. And it's pretty much 1,951 feet and rib mountain is 1942 okay yeah so, rib would be great but unfortunately it's a state park and they don't allow paragliding at the moment we are oh, working on it, but yeah they don't allow paragliding there so we're working on them but i don't anticipate them opening that up anytime soon which is sad because all many many ski resorts out in national forests and out west you can utilize the chairlift to get to the top and fly in there here rib mountain would you know, be the best that we've got in Wisconsin, but they're not allowing us at the time. Okay. That's cool. Um, let's see. Eric, you could read that one. Paul, the very first time I spoke to, uh, I spoke to you on the phone, you told me about Eric and Jade and you said they're going, that you're going to like his joking around a lot. I knew I would like him at the moment I see him. Okay. So do you remember talking with Steve? Um, 
I would like to say yes, but I talked to so many people about it. I, I can't recall. Yeah, I talked to Steve um, quite a bit here and there. And he, is he the one up by you? He is. He's up. Oh, okay. the then, yes. then yes, I do remember. Yeah. And he's still uh, he has a wing and he's been doing some uh, kiting, but he's still Steve, you still need to, to sign up to get some uh, lessons. So to be safe, kind of like what we talked about earlier today. So oh, you spoke with him today already. OK, I yeah, I speak to him quite a bit. Okay. So, Jade, go ahead and ask that from Angela. Angela, who is out in Las Vegas, wants to know what's the ratio of women taking classes? Yeah, so it's uh, probably 20 to 1 right now. So obviously it's mostly guys, but I do have, I've had uh, quite a, a few ladies come through as well. But it's by and large a, a very masculine sport, as you know. Okay. And we've we've met a few of those girls that are doing it. Yep, and there will be more coming, I'm sure. Did you ever get the gal? It was a husband and wife duo, and she was getting ready to take her first flight. And yes, she's. Uh, yep, she's made her. Me? Yep, she's made a, made a couple of flights, and then has taken the winter off, and will be resuming here as soon as it warms up a little bit. Awesome. Good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, she did really well and had really enjoyed it. Very nervous on her first flight, but as soon as she made her second flight, it was so much better. She really, really enjoyed it. We just ran into winter by the time we got to that point. And my first guest was Andrea, which was another student of Paul's also. Oh, okay. Andrea's been on. Good. Yep. Yep. So go ahead, Will. Ask that one. Uh, this is from Kirk Sampson. He says, do you enjoy the, uh, the oh, the, the feeling on a paramotor, I think is what he's saying. Do you enjoy the falling on a paramotor? Um, of course. Yeah, I, I love the feeling of paramotoring falling. Uh, I like <laughs> deep spirals. I don't know about falling, though. Right. Well, what is your favorite thing about instructing? Me? I, I love teaching. Um, my first flight was a long, long time ago. But to be able to witness first flights firsthand every I just had one was it yesterday yesterday I had a first flight it was it, to see that first flight the, the light in their eyes and just the the overwhelming you know adrenaline that's pumping out of them is really cool to watch and, and I haven't been able to experience that for myself you know a long long time but I get to witness it all the time which is really cool and I just and this is teaching something that people want to learn um, if you're like a you know history teacher at a high school, the kids don't want to be there. They don't want to learn history. But when they come to me, they want to learn this. So they're paying attention. They're super excited about it. And when you teach them something, you show them something, you get it. You can see their eyes light up, and it's it's very rewarding. Thermally, yeah, yeah. Years have just glazed over. <laughs> yeah. So, so well, he was talking about thermally, right? right. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you did you understand that he was talking about? He meant to say thermaling. It was for the spell check that got. Oh, me. sorry. No. Okay. Do it. What? What was this? The question was the feeling of thermaling. And while paramotoring. Oh, falling in thermaling. Okay. Um, it's 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 uh, it's difficult to get used to. Um, switching from paramotoring to paragliding, it's way more rowdy, and you got to get used to getting tossed around. Um, and if you if you're not comfortable with it, that you're not going to do well. You're going to back out of all the thermals. You're going to come down really early. But if you're comfortable getting tossed around, which comes with practice, um, you'll be able to fly a whole lot better. But you, it's it is very active when you're 
if you're going up at all, you're you're jumping in and out of very active air. So it's a whole lot more rowdy and a lot more demanding to fly too. Paramotoring, you you can take your hands off and fly around for an hour. There's no doing that for paragliding. You got to keep those hands there. You got to be actively maintaining that wing right over your head. Okay. Go ahead, Mark. You can ask that question from Angela. Uh, Angela asked, have you had malfunctions? Um, yeah, in my career, you know, with thousands of flights, I've had uh, probably half a dozen motor outs. Um, one from a um, on a mini plane where the the kill switch wire had worn through on the frame and it touched and so it just shut the motor off randomly. It took me a few flights to find that one. So I had a couple motor outs there. Um, one, I had an air conception that ate uh, part of its piston and chewed that all up. So it seized mid-flight. Um, but all these, these flights um, ended just fine. So as you're flying around, you've always got a place to land um, within glide. You, you're never extending yourself so you're over the trees, over the water. Motor dies, it should be a non-event. You just simply go to wherever you were planning on and land there. Um, though one I've, most of the times I've just either walked back or I've had my a student pick me up. I had one time where I had to call the wife and have her come pick me up because I was, you know, an hour and a half away from the airport and I just needed to ride back. So Kind of on that yeah. same subject, have you ever had to throw your reserve? No, uh, I've never been tempted to. Um, um, it's comforting to know it's there. I'll, occasionally, if it gets really rowdy, I look down and see the handle and find comfort in that, knowing that my get-out-of-jail-free card is right there. But I've never even been tempted to reach for it. Um, my partner, business partner Marion, is the only one I know that's thrown one, um, and that was during an SIV clinic. It was where he was purposely throwing it. The, the whole purpose behind that was go over the lake, throw your reserve, get a feel for what that's like, and we'll pick you up when you land in lake. So. So do you have any good advice for somebody that buys a reserve but keeps it in the back seat of their car while they fly? <laughs> I don't want to mention anybody's name because I don't want to I don't want to like isolate Will. anybody. <laughs> that, that's good. That'll that'll help your reserve last a really long time. Yeah, and I always, always know where it is. I always know, you know exactly where it is. Yep. That sounds all Almost as good as my uh, power floats that are hanging up usually in the camper. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who wants that additional weight on your paramotor? Yeah. yeah. Who needs it? It's a waste uh, of time unless you actually, you know, need it. Yeah. Well, nobody ever lands in the water, though. <laughs> Go ahead, Jake. Ask, ask Angela. <laughs> Angela's is asking, is there, are, are you more of a foot launcher or a trike flyer? Um, I fly foot launch almost exclusively. I'll do trike. Um, I learned trike just to teach it. Um, it was just a natural extension of my business. I had guys that couldn't foot launch um, that I wanted to be able to, to take care of. And so I learned how to wheel launch for that. So my wheel launching experience is just, just to teach it. When I go out to fly for fun, it's, it's foot launch. Okay. Okay. Um, we got Hot Buttered Steve says he's got his tornado sirens going off now tonight, too. Well, hey. Take cover, Steve. Yes, definitely. Or Last get the wing out and do some kiting. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question. Your youngest and oldest pilot, and what would you say to your average age of your student is? Okay. 
Um, I taught my son. He made his first flight when he was 14. I've also taught another 14-year-old. Um, that seems to be the limit um, as far as youngest, just because they're big enough and mentally alert enough to, and to be responsible while they're up there. Um, oldest, uh, 80 years old. So I've had an 80 year old guy who uh, learned how to fly a trike just last year. So, and he's up by you guys. He's up in the, the Eau Claire area. Okay. So, or when I say up by you guys, I just mean north of me a lot. North of me a lot. Yeah. It's probably hey, nowhere near Tomahawk, but it's up there. That's up north. What's up, Mark? Apparently, Apparently, you finished second again. I, I'm so used to that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, on to that question, what's the average age that you're teaching now? Oh, yeah, average age. Uh, wow, there's really no average student, but I'd have to say probably like 50-ish, mid-50s. So it, it's when you've got enough disposable income um, and free time that you can get out and, and do this thing. Because it, it's a large investment in time and, and money to get out and do this thing. So, yeah, I'm sure there'd be a lot of young dirt biker motocross guys that would love to do it, but they just don't have the funds to, to do it. So most guys will be in their 50s. But I've again, that's all over the board. There is no typical paramotor pilot. It's, it's just somebody who's passionate about aviation, no matter what their age or background. I mean, it's, I mean CEOs, um, businesses, um, I've caught, taught commercial airline pilots and from guys who've never been in an airplane before their first flight ever on anything was them flying their paramotor. So it's, it's all over the board. That that's where I learned as well is that like 50 years old. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. That's cool. So what is your longest free fly flight? <laughs> um, I've spent four hours sitting in my harness with no motor at one time, just hanging. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good time, but and the only team time I landed, or the only reason I landed for that flight is I was hungry and had to pee. So <laughs> there are guys when they're flying out longer, they'll have ways of dealing with both of those while they're in flight. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I am not to that point. I I prefer to be terrestrial when I do those things. <laughs> if you were like Shane, who's normally here, you would just if you had PPG, you could just land and. PP and take off again. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see, Clark's video. You had a guest a few weeks ago, Jade, and said she would never do PPG. She said it wasn't safe. She'd rather stick to paragliding. Well, <laughs> what yeah, do you say about that, Paul? What's, yeah, so what there, is safe there's for? one huge risk that us paramotor take paramotor pilots take that those don't. And that's the, the number one injury from paramotoring is, you know, guys getting into that propeller. And I've witnessed it personally. It's, it's, it's a danger that you don't have to deal with when you're paragliding for sure. But there's, but we're in the sky. The sky is usually very benign and silky and smooth. It's so it's not the sky playing with us. It's doing something stupid with the motor, but that okay. can easily be rectified if you are taught how to do it properly. Yep. So Angela wants to know, with teaching, do you still have time for personal flying? Um, yes and no. So sometimes, well, we took a two-week trip to Columbia that was all just about personal flying. So we just went down and flew for ourselves. So I think without me doing this for a career, there's no way I could have justified that. Um, like To me, it was all just a business expense. So it adds to additional free flying time. 
but no, I don't go out and paramotor as much as I did when I, before I started teaching, I was out four or five nights a week, just paramotoring like crazy. But now that I'm teaching those nights that are flyable, I've got students that want to fly. So I don't fly as much, but I, I think I almost enjoy the teaching more than the flying, which is weird. I know, but that's, that's, that's just me. Well, kind of along those lines, um, has it, has it wrapped it for you teaching? No, God, no. It, it's made me such a better pilot. So when I'm up there, I'm, I have so much more fun and I'm way more tolerant uh, bumps than I ever would have been if I think it would have just continued just to be a recreational pilot. So, yeah, it's it's made, it definitely made me a, a whole lot better pilot. All right. Go ahead, guys. You can ask the next question. Well, that's not really a question. That's just a question <laughs> from Bill H. So, yes, you can fly well into your 80s. Um. Go ahead, Will. I was going to ask a question. That was uh, because you were talking about, you know, paragliding and free flight. Um, you know, when you're up in the thermals and stuff, do you actually get to the point where you you, you actually enjoy being tossed around? I mean, is that kind of what I'm hearing? I'm, I think I've heard people say that, but to me, that would not be enjoyable. Well, this, this, when you're getting tossed around, that means you're going up. So it's a positive, it's a positive reward, like Pavlov's dog. They ring the bell and you get a treat. If you start getting tossed around, great. My flight's going to continue up. I get to go up and up and up. So it's, you enjoy it in that sense. It's the fact of getting tossed around isn't the enjoyable part. It's the fact that, hey, since I'm getting, I'm obviously in something that's going up. So my flight's going to last a little bit longer. I got you. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah. Because if you just go out and it's very silky smooth, your flight is done in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, what we call a sled run or a piano run, where you're just going right just down. So yeah. those are fun, but you'd like it to last a little bit longer, of course. Like DeWee says, who who said you got to stop when you're in your 80s? Yeah, definitely do not stop. I, I think, what is it, the you, you stop playing because you get old, or no, you, what is it the other way around? I don't know. You, you get old, because, old you because you stop playing. There you go. So just keep playing, and you'll never grow old. Like myself, my wife says that she's got three boys and I'm just the oldest of the boys. <laughs> Definitely. And not the most mature by any means. Definitely. Yeah. I agree with your wife. <laughs> I like your wife. Yes, my, my eldest is much more mature than I am. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So have Angela. you uh, have you had students that are uh, scared of heights? Me, myself, I'm terrified of heights. And uh, flying doesn't bother me one bit. Yeah, it's it's a very common reaction. And then when I've got people come up to me, well, I could never do that. I'm afraid of heights. I'm like, well, I'm also afraid. You put me on top of a you know 15 foot ladder. My knuckles are white. My palms are sweaty. But you put me in an airplane, you know, at 30,000 feet. I'm reading a magazine, eating chips, whatever. I'm not paying attention at all. It's it's what I refer to as airplane mode. Your brain just switches from one to the other. Yeah, you're afraid of falling off the ladder, but you you know get 50 feet up in a paramotor. And you're perfectly fine. So same thing. You're 30,000 feet in the air in a jetliner. You're very, very comfortable. So I think the two are unrelated, but everybody puts them together. Yeah. Angela asks, besides Wisconsin, where's your favorite place to fly in the U.S.? Uh, Moab, Utah. Definitely. What months? Um, when it's not a million degrees. <laughs> so spring and fall. And winter's too cold, and spring and fall are fantastic. 
So we will have to hitch a ride with him when he goes out. Oh, it's gorgeous out there. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Oh, and Scott Starbeck is in here. Scott! Hey, Scott. Oh, I actually had a shot yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I still have a couple bottles left, though, but I'll be hitting you up next time for another case of the sampler platter. Nice. (laughs) Invite me down. Oh, no, I can't do tequila. What? Oh, Oh. come on. But this stuff that Scott has, it's uh, it's very smooth. He's got some fine grains. It's it's good stuff. Youngest average and oldest pilots you've taught. Yeah. So again, the youngest has been 14. Typically, the guys are, uh, I'd say lower 20s would be the youngest on average. But there again, there is no such thing as a, an average paramotor pilot. They're all over the board. If you had to pick the middle, it's just the middle between 80 and, and 14. So you're right around you know, 45, 50. Yeah. So what is the future for? Uh, well, go ahead. Clark's video. Paul asks, uh, Paul, any close calls? No, nope. Incident free forever. <laughs> What, Jade, what do you, what, what's, you, is something going on? something. <laughs> <laughs> Any close calls? Yeah. Um, like I said before, I do dumb stuff. Um, so I've been in the hospital twice a couple times. Once was for foot dragging on very thin ice uh, and falling through. And he didn't uh, tell me about that one as I was learning. Oh, well, I'm not going to load you with that kind of stuff before you start learning. <laughs> but yeah, this was February foot dragging on a spring fed lake that I expected to have eight inches of ice and it had like a half inch of ice and that didn't work. Um, the other time just doing attempting a barrel roll at 75 feet off the deck. It's just a bad idea. It didn't leave enough space between uh, me and the ground. So and that was me calling. 911. <laughs> yes, thanks. I don't remember that, of course, but uh, thank you for doing that. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, and breaking up your phone to call your wife. <laughs> uh, that's why I keep it unlocked. There's no passcode or anything. Anybody can call my wife from my phone for just that reason. Um, yeah, so again, do as I say, not as I do. Don't use me as an example of what to do. I do dumb stuff. And it's not just in paramotoring, I do dumb stuff in all sports. <laughs> nice. Uh, on that note, uh, I think everybody that flies with your group of buddies, out of all seriousness, make sure that your buddies have your wife's phone number, you know, just in case. Yep. And yes. make, keep your cell phone with you, too. Um, my wife and kids track me with the Find My Phone or my Find My Friends app. Um, so they're keeping track of me the whole time, too. Um, yeah. So if I'm gone for an hour and I and they look at me and they see me in the middle of some cornfield and I haven't moved for a while, they know to, to deal with it. Or if I'm I'm sitting at the hangar for the last two hours, then they know, well, he's just drinking beer with Jade and Eric, so he's, he's good to go. So we don't need to call 911 for him. Then we call Mary and tell her to come down and join us. <laughs> right. Come down and join us. That's why, right? Yes. Yeah. So Mike, Mike is asking, uh, have you flown in the Red Rocks PG competition in Utah? Uh, I've not. Um, a couple of our, my graduates have been to Red Rocks just a few years ago. They enjoyed it. Um, I'm not much of a competitor. I, I just do it for the joy. So um, I fly for me and for fun. So how old am I? That's a good question. Uh, 55. 
So right. what is the future for Mad City Paragliding? I mean, what is what is Paul's, what, what are you going to do here? Um, that's a good question. I continue to teach students as much as I can um, and start getting some instructors out there too, uh, just to get this sport more widespread. It, I, I can't believe more people don't do this. This All these people riding motorcycles and snowmobiles and, and jet skis and stuff that they're that are parked seven, eight months of the year. When we've got paramotoring, which is just another motorsport that we can do year round, and you don't need to travel to, to find the trails or the snow or whatever. Um, it's, it's an amazing sport, and I can't believe more people aren't doing it. Yeah, no, I <laughs> totally agree. A lot yeah. of them think that we're a little different because we dress up in parkas as we fly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I tell you what, people think that I think because Jade and I will plow the lake and we'll fly on our lake or take off on our lake and fly around. But it's really, I mean, as long as it's at least 10 degrees or above, it's flyable as long as you dress for it. And it's fun and smooth. Yeah. Yep. It's just another thing you can do to get yourself off the couch in the wintertime. So yeah, there's tons of things to do in the summertime. This is just another thing you can do anytime, which is amazing. And it doesn't take up much space in your garage. So unlike all those other sports where you're making payments on this thing that just sits there for half the year, it's so much better to do this thing. It's so much more rewarding. And you got a three-dimensional thing you can play with instead of just two or just following the road. You can go anywhere you want to, which is really nice. And it's all public property once you leave the ground. Unlike other places, you got to be on you know private trails or you know pay for your pass to go this place. Leave the ground, it's all public property. Yep. So how would people uh, get in touch with you to learn about paramotoring? Sure. Um, the easiest thing to do is just uh, hit me up either email or text. Um, and we've got a free orientation session that you can attend. It's like an hour and a half long. You, um, you try on a machine, we'll hang you in the simulator, get a feel for what that's like. Um, if the weather permits, we'll get the wings out and play with those a little bit. But there's no charge for it. it just kind of gets you an idea of all that's involved in the training process. Um, and you get to meet me and see if I'm somebody that you like. And if you don't like me, that's fine. There's other instructors out there. I just want to make sure you guys get some instruction from somebody who knows what they're doing. Good advice. I think that right there is the best advice ever is make sure that you don't clash with your instructor. Make sure that your personalities meet very well. I think that's yeah, you'd, very important. You'd, you tell me that now. Where, where, where were you two years ago? <laughs> Did you have a bad experience? Um, bad, no. Okay. Was it a great experience? No. And, okay. uh, and actually, you would have been a good fit for me personally, honestly. Okay, good. Yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. adjust to everybody for the most part. Amputee, a person yep. with a now, now, it's a, I mean... It's 9.02, and Eric didn't give away anything yet. Oh, Jesus. I'm, just saying. I'm answering questions. This is for the that, That's the whole reason I got on the show. I thought <laughs> I, there was going to be a shot of me winning something. Okay. All right. Do your thing, then. Well, well, well hold on. Uh, DP has a question. Go ahead, Will. Uh, DP is asking, has Paul ever trained an amputee or person with a disability? Um, I've had some, I trained somebody who had uh, an incident with a, a table saw. Um, so had some issues with the mobility of one of his hands. Um, so we just switched the throttle to his good hand. Um, I've also trained somebody who has MS. Um, so we have very limited muscle control 
and we just switched and did all of our training in the morning time when his when his everything was working best um and he would last two or three hours and we'd switch and do something you know another day so it's just yeah so i've dealt with that yeah and besides whatever eric's disabilities i'm not sure what we call that but yes (laughs) (laughs) those are mental That's perfect. Okay, so everybody knows that we've been putting your names. Well, you don't know, maybe, but I mentioned it you last night. We're going to be giving away one of these paramotor guys. And we actually get these from uh, Paul's business partner, Marion. Um, and we ordered 20 of them for our fly-ins that we go to. But we're going to give one away tonight. And Will has been entering names on the spinny wheel. So, Will, if you are ready, are you ready to do this? I have been tirelessly entering (laughs) names. Tirelessly. Let's see here. I would really, let's see, we got that. I would really laugh if it didn't work for you, Will. Oh, (laughs) nice. I like it. Will a long time that all his name. All right, so all these are awesome. And uh, ready to go? Yeah, let's let's go for it. All right, let's see who the lucky winner is. Travis, you say that, and what if you win? Bless you. All right. And you have to be in the chat to win, right? So, I mean, yes. you need a response. Yep. Are you, is he in the chat? I'm hoping so. And when we're done with this, we can, if it's possible to do it again, you could do it again for a uh, Paralyzed shirt. Man. Is somebody watching the chat to see if he's there? Woo, 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 he no says. comments yet. Yep. You got it? Yeah, he's there. Oh, he's, there. he's here. Congratulations to who? All right. If you could reach out to um, Will, Mark, or myself, or Jade, uh, and get, you, uh, get us your mailing information, we will get this off to you. And those are super nice. I love mine. Got mine hanging on my uh, rearview mirror in my car. Talk to it all the time, too. Good deal. Yep. So we're spinning. I know, a, a I know mine does a lot, a lot better <laughs> acro than I do. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so now we're spinning for a Paralife shirt, too? Yep, that's good with me. Oh, DP! Yay. Yay. <laughs> that is awesome. Congrats, DP. Yeah, man. That's awesome. All right. Well, good deal. Well, uh, Paul, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I know you took time out of your schedule to do this. Um, so we will be down next weekend to continue our training with you okay Uh, so uh thank you very much again again thank you so much for the invite it's been a pleasure yeah uh 
Mark, where can we find you on social media? On YouTube, you can find me at Paralife PPG. And online, you can find me at paralifeppg.com. All right. Hey, could we get uh, could we get Paul one of your Paralife shirts? Yes, we can. Ooh, just like have him text Mad me. City Paragliding shirt. There we yep, go. Well, I'm all good. I'm all good with it. I can't seem to sell them, so I can give them away <laughs> for sure. Though <laughs> I'm good at that. <laughs> right. Well, why don't uh, uh, take one down to Bad Apples, and when Paul's hanging out with us, you guys can exchange shirts. Yeah, that's all good. I'll have a. I'll have totes full of them. Perfect. Uh, Paul and they like Wisconsin cheese, so make sure you take cheese. Yeah, cheese. good good bartering <laughs> material. East Coast cheese, though, that's nothing like Wisconsin cheese. Right. No, we, we take Wisconsin cheese curds. For right. shirts or something else. Okay. Yep. So, Will, how can we hit you up on social media? You can find me on YouTube under Will Fly or just go to willflyppg.com. And uh, yeah, Paul, it was uh, an honor meeting you. I, I'm looking forward to seeing you at Bad Apples there. Sounds great. And Jade, how can we get up on social media and tell us what's going on with your show tomorrow? Um, okay. Facebook, you can get a hold of me at Jade Lear. And on YouTube for the show, it's paramotorgirl.com, which is Wednesday night, 7 p.m., and this week, it's going to be a recorded show. I do have an intro. I will be on briefly just to let you know that I'm boring you with a, a non, um, I guess, a live show. But um, I had to wake up at 5 in the morning to interview a gal in Belgium. And she is actually a paramotor pilot. And she's been doing it for, I think, she said 12 years. So um, her dad actually learned in Ohio and they went back. He worked for Rubbermaid, I think she said, when she was really little. And she's in her mid-30s now and she's back in Belgium now. She was a very energetic gal. You guys will like hearing her. Um, I apologize. I was very tired that morning waking up and it was like one o'clock in the afternoon for her. So um, I'm trying to see if she'll wake up in the middle of the night to come on and join the chat, but that, that's about it. Um, and then I'm on occasionally on Instagram. I'm trying to do more advertisement for the show at Flying Flamingo Jade, and then once in a while on TikTok and Snapchat at the same. Nice. And you can reach me at ppglear.com here on Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Central. Um, I did post in the chat um, an after show. And Paul, if you want to stick around and talk to people that might have questions, it'll come on here live. That would be great. Uh, I, I will have to run here shortly. But um, I want to thank everybody in the chat for joining us. And uh, there again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, that sounded empty. <laughs> it, it is. That was empty a long time ago. Uh, so, but I want to thank you for, again for coming on, Paul. So everybody in the chat, thank you. Thanks for watching. Take care. Good night, guys.